Hey guys, it's Leah Buckles from Procedural Wide Medical Consulting. I'm a U.S. Army veteran, physician assistant, and former CMP examiner. So today I want to come on and discuss sleep apnea and its relationship to allergic rhinitis. So I've been doing a series of videos where I talk about sleep apnea in different formats because there's so many different um, ways to discuss sleep apnea as it relates to VA disability. You know, you can talk about what type of sleep apnea it is, like is it obstructive? Is it central? Is it mixed? You can talk about um, how is it connected? Is it connected um, on a primary basis or directly to service? You know, were you diagnosed in service or is it a secondary service connection? Was it caused or aggravated by another medical condition? Right. And, you know, I did another video, I think, or um, on uh, the sleep apnea CMP exam. I did that recently. So, I feel like it's better to break them up in segments so that you guys can get the information that you want um, that's just specific to that condition, right? So sleep apnea as it relates to um, allergic rhinitis, okay, I'm gonna do another video possibly in the future on chronic sinusitis, but there's a lot of overlap, right? Um, also with deviated septum. Um, so if you're service connected for deviated septum, for chronic sinusitis, allergic rhinitis, a lot of this literature really kind of talks about the same type of stuff. Um, so basically nasal obstruction that is, um, you know, kind of precipitating the development of uh, sleep apnea, right? Obstructive. So um, not so much central, but we'll talk about central sleep apnea another day. So um, sleep apnea and its relationship to allergic rhinitis. So a lot of veterans are service connected for allergic rhinitis as it relates to possibly uh, Gulf War exposures, um, burn pit exposures, just being diagnosed on active duty or, or whatnot. Um, so later on in life, they develop sleep apnea and there can be sometimes a relationship. You might be being seen by your um, otolaryngologist or your ENT doctor who has decided you definitely have some um, nasal airway issues. It could also be multifactorial. It generally is, right? So you can, you know, there's non-modifiable risk factors like being male gender, right? Um, there are modifiable risk factors like weight, right? So there could be several different things that are contributing to your development of sleep apnea, um, but allergic rhinitis can certainly be one of them. So I wanted to highlight a few of the literature articles that I used in a lot of my letters, and, and that way you guys can like look them up, review them yourselves. You could maybe type them up, ask your doctor if he agrees, he could sign it for you, you, you know, that kind of stuff. So some of the literature I use, um, there is an article in, let's see, the Journal of American, uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association from 2004. Um, it's called Risk Factors for Obstructive Sleep Apnea in Adults. Um, it discusses how there is a twofold increase in prevalence of sleep apnea compared to c controls, um, regardless of the cause of nasal congestion, um, which is uh, related to decreased nasal patency. Um, the, uh, an article published in Scientific Reports in 2016 called Obstructive Sleep Apnea and the Subsequent Risk of Chronic Rhino Sinusitis, a population-based study, um, concluded that patients with OSA had a higher risk of subsequent um, chronic rhino sinusitis compared to patients without OSA. So those are more like correlation, right, than causation or aggravation, but there is additional research in those articles that you guys can check out that kind of shows some of that relationship. Um, nasal pathologies in patients with obstructive sleep apnea. Um, that was 
published in ACTA Otto Otto Rhino Laren Gica. This is an Italian um, publication in 2019. Nasal obstruction, nasal breathing obstruction caused by deviated septum, inferior turbinate hypertrophy, chronic rhinosinusitis, and chronic nasal inflammation um, can contribute or cause OSA. Um, mucosal inflammation leading to nasal mucosa swelling um, caused by the above conditions um, can contribute to upper airway patency impairment and thus causing OSA, right? I have a bunch of others. I won't read off all this, the, the actual literature, but some other good ones to look up are um, the linkage of allergic rhinitis and obstructive sleep apnea, and that's published in the Asian Pacific Journal of Allergy and Immunology in 2014. Um, you know, there's just a bunch of stuff. You can look in UpToDate. That is um, another peer-reviewed, um, you know, resource that, that practitioners use to cite information. Um, there, there's just a lot of good stuff in here. And, and so, like I said, it, sometimes it can be multifactorial. So, if you've got several service-connected disabilities that are contributing to your OSA, so whether it's PTSD, weight gain from those from PTSD, orthopedic ailments, um, allergic rhinitis, chronic sinusitis, deviated septum. Um, you know, did you develop it in service? All of those factors should be um, added into your letter or into whatever your doctor is saying, so that they can say, "Hey, I looked at." Um, you know, longitudinally, I looked at their entire history. These are their risk factors. This is why we don't just select one thing. We look at um, all risk factors, right? Whether they're good or bad, right? If you, some bad risk factors, right? Well, not bad risk factors, but negative possibly about, about showing service connection would be if you had a malampotty four, right? So if you have a very crowded airway, that's um, anatomic, right? If you have, um, if you have a really large, like huge fat neck that is unrelated to service. Maybe your service-connected disabilities didn't cause that and it's because you go um, and you have, you know, bad eating habits and you just, it, it that's why it's unrelated to your service. Um, that may not be helpful. Um, things like that. So you got to, the whoever's writing it has to write an unbiased opinion and put all those factors and say, hey, well, I looked at these factors, I looked at these factors, and the sum of all of these make me um, opine that, you know, it's at least as likely as not that this one particular thing is, is certainly causing or aggravating the condition. So I hope that was helpful. Um, if you guys have any questions on those literature, on those articles, I'm happy to provide them to you. Um, just drop some comments and I can try to get those to you via email if uh, you'd like to see them. All right. Thanks for watching. Talk to you guys later.